Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you in the 1990s. Steve Farrell co-founded and led two high-growth technology companies based in Silicon Valley that were featured on the Inc.'s 500 list of the fastest-growing companies. During this period, he was also an officer of the Young Entrepreneurs Organization and the Young Presidents Organization. By all accounts... Steve was living the dream, and when he felt a calling to play an active role in creating a consciousness movement that could help people across the globe awaken to their deeper self and interconnectedness and oneness of everything in the universe, he followed his heart, left the American dream behind, and what he found is the story of humanity's team and the new universal dream. Steve is the co-founder of humanity's team, along with Coast guest Neil Donald Walsh, and is a member of the Evolutionary Leadership Council. What a career, Steve. Welcome to the program. Hey, George, thank you for having me. Yeah, it has been uh, a ride. And uh, as you mentioned, this this book, A New Universal Dream, tells that 50-year true story. It, uh, uh, you know, it started really probably like with all of your listeners. I grew up in a small home, about 1,300 square feet, with a single mom who was divorced, six brothers and sisters, and... I had a paper out, paid for my braces, uh, found an orthodontist that would take $10 a month to uh, reimburse him for my braces. <laughs> so that's kind of where it all started, and then, and then it journeyed into all of the things you just shared. Do you have any regrets in the path you took? I don't. In fact, uh, that's why I'm here. And not only do I not have any regrets, I have... <laughs> I got so much that I could share that I, I wish well, I want to bring people to that front row seat and see where you're at the center of wealth creation of Silicon Valley, as I was, where Reed Hastings hadn't started Netflix yet. He was in the business chapter next to me. And my chapter was Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. And yeah. A bunch of, you know, guys like that, extraordinary guys. I was, I was there in the center of it, the private jets, all of that. And then, uh, but that's when I, uh, 
had my own personal awakening and said, wow, you know, this, uh, this is not what I thought it was. And then I journeyed off in this other direction where I found it. And uh, so, yeah, no regrets. Instead, just big vision, big smile about where we can go. Steve, what was the epiphany? What was that thing that led you into this? Well, for me, the epiphany, as you mentioned, Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote the Conversations with God series, his, his first book came out in 1995. And, and you know, I, I grew up probably, again, like your listeners. I was in the Catholic Church. I was an altar boy. Uh, but I never really bought into this whole deity thing of judgment and punishment. I never felt that. I always felt like there was somebody looking out for me, guiding me, supporting me. Um, just laying out a vision of where I could go and what I could do. And and that uh, God was described in Neil's Conversations with God book. At that time, I was going through nosebleed growth. As you mentioned, I was in Inc. 500 twice. We almost hit it a third time, growing like crazy. But uh, I, got, I got in touch with something that was bigger, that was more fulfilling, that uh, for me and for the planet during that time, and and uh, over a period of years, I lost my passion for business. This is why I sold my businesses. I left these associations that I was part of. I launched Humanities Team with Neil Donald Walsh and with my family, created a whole new life. We moved from Silicon Valley to Boulder, Colorado, where I'm now based. And, uh, and this is where I found the true treasure, the true deliciousness in life, all of the things that people want, I think. I go to Boulder every month to do my TV shows with Gaia Television. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, Gaia's right here next to me. Have you ever been with Gaia? Have you been on, been on any of their shows? Uh, I, I haven't been on Gaia because we have a streaming platform. We're a, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. We have a streaming platform that offers uh, master classes with a lot of the same authors, so I wouldn't necessarily be somebody they'd bring on. But Greg Braden and Sim Harriman and Michael Beckwith and Neil, all of these people, we work with them and create classes with them. That's cool. Yeah, they may be interested in you. I'll send. I'm going to send the producers your name and uh, yeah, see what yeah. happens. Awesome. Tell, I know they know of me. <laughs> tell about. Tell us about the title of your book, "A New Universal Dream." So, a new universal dream is the story of uh, our pursuit of success. It's our pursuit of happiness, of joy, of laughter, of creating a great family, of having a great life, and. I set out for Silicon Valley from that small home that I described. <clears throat> and 10 years later, I was starting my first company in, uh, in Silicon Valley. We grew it to $75 million, created a second one, and two years grew that one to $75 million. So I, I was in the right place at the right time, even connected to the right venture capital people. But what I, what I found was that it was that, that kind of success is kind of a mirage. It's like... You're on a desert, and you see an, an oasis, and you head toward it, and you get to the oasis, and up, oh, it's moved. So what I mean by that is you create a $75 million company, you get there and celebrate for a night, and then the next day you're headed off for $150 million. And then you get there and celebrate for a night, and then the next day you're headed off for $300 million. And so it goes. You hit the jackpot, and you want to keep it going. And that creates a tension, a, a pressure, a tunnel vision to keep that whole thing going, which creates a, the, those pressures are on your relationship with your partner, your kids, your best friends, your coworkers. Uh, there are some people that manage to stay fairly happy and all of that, but most of them don't. Many people here probably have 
read the stories of people that are depressed and even create suicide in Silicon Valley, New York mm-hmm. City, etc. Right. Right. Uh, so I could see this. I also, at this time, was in touch with what science is sharing, that all of the universe is actually deeply connected, that we're one with the universe. And there's a whole way, then, of what we call conscious living, where we get in touch with that, where we follow, I'll call it, the wisdom center of our soul rather than the logic center of our mind. And and then we, we create just incredible uh, incredible lives. So... And then we, then we can, if we want, here on the planet, can create a new universal dream. And that new universal dream is where we become a more mature species and we start living into this place of fuller connection, of real service, of even, uh, you could even call it loving service, where we feel connected to the world around us and we, uh, we become responsible, we take positive action, all of these kinds of things. So, and then if you go to a newuniversaldream.com, this is where you can learn a little more about the book. The first four chapters are unlocked. We are giving away my masterclass called Conscious Leadership. That's a $299 masterclass. When people purchase the $19 book, so it's a, a pretty good deal. The reason we're doing that is, again, Humanities Team is a nonprofit. We're a 501c3. Our whole goal is to help create a world and homes where we return, you know, happiness, a sense of connection, a sense of real prosperity, what I, I, this term, deliciousness in life, where we really find this thing that we're all pursuing. And, and right now, and as I tell the story in this book, this 50-year story, I think many of us set out, as I did, kind of pointed in the wrong direction, climbing this ladder that just leads to these mirages and oases, and you never get there. So... Uh, in the latter part of the book, I take people through how we do get there day by day, the, uh, the steps that we take. And what I do is I lay out throughout the book my own learning moments where I almost wiped out huge, uh, uh, huge mistakes that I made. And I say, wow, I, this is what happened here for me. These are things that you could do to not make the same mistake. A journey in this direction that creates the things that you want in your home, in your business, and in the world. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials 
cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Steve, the Dalai Lama talks about oneness, but what does oneness mean to you? So let me share, because a lot of your listeners uh, maybe follow the Dalai Lama and Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and people like that, uh, but the, the, the science is now in here affirming that all of this oneness thing is true. Let me even share, for example, Erwin Schrödinger, he won the Nobel Prize for Physics in 1933. He said, the total, total number of minds in the universe is one. In fact, consciousness is a singularity phasing within all beings. And then uh, Albert Einstein had his own uh, quote here, a human being as a part of a whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts, and his feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us. This is a quote from Albert Einstein, restricting us to our personal desires and to, to affection for a few persons nearest us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circles of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. So here are two Nobel Prize winning scientists with quotes about oneness and I'll just share one last thing here is Nassim Harriman and his and his resident science foundation if you google him or follow him he has his unified field uh, research that's here that shares that everything from quantum scale from that means protons and atoms things that aren't even visible to the largest cosmological objects that means galaxies and everything in between physical and non-physical is actually 
one energy is deeply interconnected, interrelated, and interdependent. And so what he says, this is a scientist now, he says so, as he, as he points at a person, he says so, so you are sovereign to this one body, the universe, the cosmos. It's inseparable from you. So you need to walk around with good posture. You need to walk around standing tall. You need to have a great self-image because the universe, the cosmos, can't exist without you. So now this is a scientist speaking, and as we know, if we followed uh, spiritual uh, teachings all the way back uh, to antiquity, They've been saying the same thing, Plato and Hippocrates in 450 BCE, that's 2,500 years ago. You know, they were saying that uh, uh, consciousness doesn't exist in the plural, it only exists in the, in the singular. So, so this means that we're, we're deeply connected with the world around us. This whole thing, you know, that is said is uh, treat people as you want to be treated is, uh, is, is exactly what we want to do because... In, in truth, and I think we find this in the afterlife, that we're all, we're all one. You know, we're eight billion faces of, of one energy, of one consciousness. And on some level, you know, listeners might even feel into that because we oftentimes people know things about others and they like, they're, they're like, how did I know that? How was I given that information? How was I led to my wife? How was I led to the home that I live in? How was I led to the job that I have? There are these things that happen that there's really no explanation for other than that maybe we're all part of a universe that has our back and that's supporting us. And I don't believe in coincidences, Steve, and I bet you don't either. Not at all. Not at all. No, no, there's uh, everything is actually uh, this a snowflake. It's this unique design that the things that, uh, as I mentioned, the universe has our back. We are led into things that are for us. So humanities team, you know, with Neil Donald Walsh, we started 20 years ago. Uh, now we have the largest conscious streaming platform in the whole world uh, as a nonprofit. What a great guy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Neil is terrific. I work with him every week. Tell him hi for us. I will do that. What do you recommend that people do to start this journey if they've never been on it before? What I recommend people do is uh, just start start with awareness. Start noticing things. You said yourself, George, you don't think that things happen randomly, that things actually are happening by design. Uh, start noticing how things are showing up, uh, that uh, the right person uh, is showing up, the right uh, people to grow your organization, the right ideas. Uh, start noticing that. Start creating some silence around you early in the day, late in the day. I actually, throughout the day, create time where you can just really be with nature, where you can silence the world around you, where you can even pray and speak to the God of your understanding and where you ask for things. And start noticing how you're being supported, you're being guided. This is this wisdom center of the soul thing that I was referencing. Too often... I think we head in this direction of the American dream, which, which starts out, you know, with equal opportunity and equal education. And, of course, we want that for the whole world, that American dream. But most of us keep climbing the ladder. And as we climb the ladder, now we're looking for power and for, for riches and for influence and things like that. And that's where we start now getting into rungs of the ladder where it's not uh, – we don't find happiness. And so – and where we are in the logic center of our mind and just paying attention, creating tasks and 
and talking to people with lists of have you done these ten things and so on, sort of in a robotic way. Uh, we don't. There's no real joy there. So on the other hand, uh, on a day-to-day basis, where we start tuning into how do I feel, what uh, what could I do here today that would be uplifting for me and the workplace that I'm in, or my family, or both? Uh, what are things that really bring me joy? How can I make sure I don't get to the end of the day where I'm just uh, feeling almost broken, tired? In a rut. In a rut. Yeah, exactly. So just start paying attention and start creating habits and start start noticing your feelings instead of just being up in your mind where you're creating task after task after task. How many people feel as if they're in that rut? What what percent do you think it is? Honestly, uh, I think way too many. I think I think uh, the majority of people today, you know, as we uh, as we read about read accounts of people here post COVID, what I read. People are feeling disempowered. Feeling, they're feeling anxiety. Many uh, are even feeling depression. There's, they're feeling hugely challenged. There's, uh, with extreme weather and stuff, and the Ukraine war, and all of these uh, guns, and all of these things going on. People are like, "Is this the? Is this what? Uh, what it's all about? Is this the best that life can be? This is what I hear. This is what I understand. The people are in that, and and this is why. Again, I wrote this book, A New Universal Dream, was to not stand and proselytize something and say, do this and do that. Uh, there's too much of that, you know, and who cares, really? Uh, so my book instead was a 50-year true story. I'm, instead of saying, do this and do that, I'm saying, this is what I did. Here I am as 12 years old. Did you do this on your own? I, I did. Uh, well, you know, except that I'm part of the one. So the God of my understanding helped me out and uh, had my back and supported me every step of the way. It's amazing, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, that again, that's why I wrote a book. I mean, who would think you could go divorced mom, full-time job, seven kids, little home. Who could go from that to 11 years later, I'm in the center of wealth creation, as I'm, I'm giving you names of, you know, Reed Hastings, who started Netflix and people like that. Uh, and then... Boy, did Blockbuster uh, miss the boat on that one, didn't they? Yeah, they could have bought it for $50 million back in the... They tried... Uh, Reed Hastings and his partner tried to sell it to Blockbuster for $50 bucks, and now it's worth a, what, a gazillion dollars. So, yeah. Uh, so I tell that story, you know, of how I was climbing that ladder and then kind of climbed down the ladder to climb in this other direction and and uh, and just take people through the day-by-day of uh, how we can do this to create really exceptional lives for ourselves, for our families, for our workplaces and the world around us. You can even do this stuff at work. It's why I created so much wealth is I started these conscious practices at work where we became transparent. We, we brought in something called open book management where we started sharing all of our financials, even our salaries we were sharing. And uh, and that openness with all of our employee base, we're, we're, and, and also doing other things like adopting the local high school that needed a lot of help, attracted the best and brightest. I was in Silicon Valley where I'm competing against Apple and the Gap and Cisco Systems for the best employees, and, and in many ways I won. I, I hired uh, some of the best people, and they stayed with me because of these conscious practices. So uh, there's just a lot here in terms of where we start, where I'm 12 years old, where we end, I'm now in my 60s, 
and uh, and the book was just taking people through it step by step and stopping along the way in the book and saying, this is what I learned, and here's a tool that might be valuable to you, too, if you want to live a, a truly extraordinary life. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.